we light our Christ candle to remember the light of Jesus Christ shines and walks and, and, and leads us each and every single day. Let us join together in a responsive psalm this morning. Those who trust in God are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so God will surround your people and have them forever. The scepter of the wicked shall not rest on the land assigned to the just, that the just, lest the just should be put out their hand to do evil. As for those who turn aside into crooked ways, our God shall lead them away with evildoers. Let us pray. Holy God, we gather today to seek you more. The struggles of this past week, the stories in the news, they and more wear us down. We come today to be strengthened and renewed by your spirit. Be with us, Lord, as we worship you today. Amen. Our opening hymn is the church's one foundation.
I see that our assigned scripture reader is not here. Is anyone swapped out? Do we have a scripture reader for today? No? Okay. Reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, starting at verse 5. Jesus says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. Lord, we gather here in your presence, seeking your spirit among us. As we reflect on the words you have for us today, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all your hearts, all our hearts, be acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. I'm a, I'm a fan of good engineering. Well-built structures can be impressive. You think of the engineering design and detail required to build things like the, the CN Tower or Confederation Bridge to PEI. You want these things to be well-built. You want to know they're going to last. You want to know that if you travel across or walk into one of these structures, they're not going to come crashing down around you. There are a number of things that are important when building a structure, but no matter what you build, you want to start first with a strong foundation. I remember once I was a student minister in another church, and at the children's time, I brought out a deck of cards. And I had the kids come and help me try to build a card house, a house of cards. And of course, as we were building it, it was falling down. You touch a card, it falls over. And that was part of the plan, because we were talking about foundations. As I was getting ready to teach them a better way to build a house of cards, one of their fathers jumped up and came forward. He got tired of watching all the stuff fall down. So he decided he was going to show us how to build it properly, which, of course, was my intention, to show them how to build it properly. One, uh, a, a way in which included a stronger foundation that the cards could stand on, something that you could actually build multiple levels going up. So if you don't have a strong foundation, problems start to show up. When Bev and I moved back from Ottawa, and Anna was only a couple of months old, we rented a house in Windsor. It was cheap, it was big, but most importantly, it let us keep our dogs. But let's just say that the house had character. The foundation had cracks all over the place. And the, the cracks had began to settle. And what does that mean? It meant the floors went every which direction. They're definitely not level. Where the laundry area was, there was such a slant in the floor that the washing machine, whenever we used it, used to slide down the hill. Doors and windows wouldn't shut properly. Uh, the stairs to the second floor were an adventure all on their own. Because again, they were slanted in every di which direction. It's a good thing we weren't drinkers because it probably would have been a bit of an issue trying to get upstairs late at night. All of these problems were because the house had a weak foundation. It had cracked, it had settled over the hundred plus years that this house stood. A solid foundation is what any structure requires, whether that's a house, an office building, the CN Tower, a bridge, or even a church. Without a strong foundation, the building cannot last. But even with a strong foundation, how you build the structure on top of that is equally important. When you look at the pictures of those great big churches, those cathedrals, like over in Europe, you normally see another feature in these buildings, and they're pillars. You see that these churches often have pillars. 
the pillars sit up on top of this strong foundation, and they basically hold up the roof. Back when these churches were built, they didn't have the same level of technology we have today. So to build a long span to hold up a roof was really tricky. So they've used pillars to hold up the spans. We don't have pillars here at Carmen, but you can see them in other churches around Cape Breton, some of the larger churches. Pillars are a significant feature used to strengthen the buildings and help them to stand for many, many years. And if installed properly, they last a very long time. You think about some of those churches in Europe. They were built before Columbus discovered America. They've been there for hundreds of years. It's pretty impressive when you think about it. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at the structure of the church. What makes it strong? What elements are required to build and create a good, strong church? But we're not going to talk about the physical structure. We're going to talk about the elements required for creating a strong spiritual church. The building is just the place that we gather in. The church is the people who gather, the people who are here, and the faith we all share together. Where we meet is largely inconsequential. It's what we do when we gather that is most important in maintaining a church for centuries. Just like with buildings, our faith and the faith of those who gather in the church needs a strong foundation. That is where we start. And as we sang in our hymn there a few minutes ago, our foundation begins with our faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the foundation upon which we build our faith. The foundation begins with understanding Jesus is the Son of God who came in the world to save us to save us from our sin, to save us from the punishment we deserve because we have fallen away from God's plan. It's Jesus who gave himself on the cross. It's Jesus who took upon himself the sins of this world. It is Jesus who won victory over sin and death for all who follow him. This is our foundation. Our belief in God and our trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior is where we begin. From there, we build on our faith. We build on our relationship with God through Jesus. And we build on our relationship with each other and with our community. Over the next few weeks, there are three pillars we're going to take a look at. The things we can use to help build a greater relationship with God, with each other, and with our community. Last week, I talked about the importance of the church being seen as alive in order to be noticed. If we build upon a strong foundation of Jesus and recognize the importance of these pillars, then the church, any church, can grow in faith, can grow in influence, and can grow into their neighborhood. And the first pillar we're going to look at today is prayer. In our reading from Matthew chapter 6, which is part of the Sermon on the Mount, that is the first important teaching that Jesus gives. Today we read about what Jesus has to say about prayer. The first thing he says, he says, do not pray like the hypocrites. And he means those people that kind of stand out on street corners, praying out loud, almost bombastically. 
in order to draw attention upon themselves. They are doing this for nothing more than to draw attention to themselves, to make themselves look more holy than the others. But in the end, Jesus says it's just showing off their ego, their need for attention, rather than build the faith of themselves or the faith of the community going by. Instead, what Jesus tells you, if you want to be effective in your prayer life, he says, go someplace quiet. Someplace where you can be undisturbed and pray there. And when you pray, he says, don't keep babbling along, but instead take time to be quiet. Why are these things important? Because prayer is important. And prayer is just not us speaking to God, it is also God speaking to us. There are times, as parents, we know what our children need. But we don't give it to them because we realize that they need to understand that they need it and they need to ask for themselves. We've all been there, right, those of us with kids? I mean, it's a tough place to be because we really do want to help our kids. But to step in too soon means they lose an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to learn for themselves. So we wait. Sometimes that period of waiting is long and hard, but we have to wait. Because our children need to understand just what it is they need before they realize they can ask for it. Well, the same goes in our times of prayer with God. Jesus tells us in a reading that God knows what we need before we even ask. And God will wait. God will wait until we ask for it before he gives it to us at times. Because we need to understand, we need to realize that we need, we need it. We need to trust in God. And just like any good, good loving parent, God will give it to us when we ask. Well, he's better than any good loving parent because he is our perfect father in heaven. Now prayer is incredibly important in our faith. It is one of the pillars that keeps our faith strong, our churches strong, and our communities strong. Prayer is critical for allowing us and the church to understand what it is God expects of his children. Our children, us, as we seek to be followers of his way. And Jesus stresses the importance of prayer in his ministry and in his life. And not just in our reading from Matthew today, but by watching his example as he, as he lives through his life. We, we know that Jesus often took time to go pray by himself. To go and sit and, with God and talk about what it is he's doing while on this earth. And then once Jesus got his instructions, he went off and did what God told him to do. So what are the elements of a good prayer life? What is it that we need? What practices we, can we do to ensure we are building a strong pillar of faith in our life? Well, let's look at that. It's really not that difficult to have a strong prayer life. And there are some very simple things you can do. The first thing you do is you schedule a time to pray. And you do it regularly that way. You do it daily, if at all possible, and you carve out time each and every day to sit and pray. Maybe it's early in the morning, maybe it's later on in the day, but whatever it is for you, just try to be 
consistent with your time of prayer. When you do it, it's not as important. It's, what's important is that you actually do it and do it consistently. The second thing to have in your prayer time is to keep your Bible nearby. It's good to have a verse or two of Scripture in mind that you've read to help you focus in your time of prayer. If you're like me, your mind wanders really easily. And it's hard at times to stay focused. But if I, when I pray, if I have a verse or two of Scripture that I've been reading and meditating on, then I have something that when my mind does, to, does start to wander off, I go back to my Scripture and recenter myself in my time of prayer. Also, when you have your Bible with you, it's helpful if something comes to mind that maybe you want to check. You may think of a story of Jesus. You may, you may hear a verse. Uh, you may think of something else in the Bible. So you have your Bible there nearby to just flip to it and read it in case there's a message in there for you. Something that God is trying to share. Something else that is good when you're in a time of prayer is that you have a prayer journal. It's good to have something to write in. To keep track of what it is we are praying for. To have something that we can go back and reference and look at and remember what we've been praying for. And for any other things that we want to record while we pray. These journals are not just records of what we, we have said, but they're records of what we have learned in our time of prayer. They become reminders of what God does for us. So once we have a quiet place to pray, once, you know, Maybe you find a place in your home, your favorite chair or the dining room table or just anywhere with a cup of tea. We begin with reading a little bit of scripture. Or maybe you grab a devotional at the back of the church. Something that helps you focus on God to prepare your heart for a time of prayer. Something that acknowledges we are in God's presence and that God is also present to us. And once you've read through that, you begin to pray. And when we pray, we have our journal ready. For a lot of people, they find it helpful if they write out their prayers as they go. For other people, uh, some people, they find that maybe they just jot down the important things that comes up when they pray. Specific thoughts or, or ideas. And we also need to remember that while we pray, what did Jesus say? Do not babble on and on and on. Prayer is a conversation with God. Think of it as he's sitting there next to you. He's listening, yes, he's absolutely listening, but he also wants to speak. He wants to share with you. He wants to share in your entire life. He wants to be like that parent that responds to the children when they ask him questions. We can pray for many, many things. We can go down our list of people we want to take to him in prayer. We can list all the concerns we have. And this is certainly an important part of our time of prayer. I mean, I have a list of people that I pray for regularly. Every time. But prayer ultimately is not just going down our list of things. We can talk to God. We can ask God questions. We can even ask God something simple like, God, what do you want me to do today? And he'll tell you. 
It could be something as simple as call Fred or call Jill. It might feel odd the first few times to think that God might be speaking to us. It might feel like we're not quite understanding it. We're not quite sure if it's God that we are hearing or something else. Like many things, it takes practice. It takes some getting used to, but God will answer you in your time of prayer. The question I hear a lot is, how do we know what's from God? Well, that's a great question. And maybe it's easier to reframe that question, maybe have it be, how do we know what's not from God? And we know what's not from God in a number of ways. One of which, it just doesn't feel right. It makes us uncomfortable. It, 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 we're uneasy. It upsets us. If what we hear does any of those things, then it's probably not from God. It's either our self, own self-doubts creeping into our prayer time, or it's even the devil himself. And when we commit ourselves to dedicated, regular prayer, the devil will not be happy about it, and he may try to get in there and try to thwart our efforts. Another way we know it's not from God is that it contradicts the Bible, God's Word. God will never contradict His Word, which is another good reason for having our Bible right there with us. If you experience any of this kind of discomfort when you pray, you need to refocus. You need to go back. Go back to your scripture. Go back to put your focus back on God and the loving presence that he is there with you. If this continues to be an ongoing problem, then you really should talk to me about it and I can help you with that issue, get you back on track. Having a strong prayer life is key to our faith. And when we use just these simple tools in our time of prayer, we deepen our relationship with our Father in Heaven. We strengthen not only the pillar of our faith of prayer, but we trust even more in the solid foundation upon which it's built, the bedrock of our faith, built on the life and example of our Savior Jesus Christ. All we need to do is have a consistent schedule of prayer. We need a quiet, peaceful place to do it. We need our Bible. We need our prayer journal. And we need to not only sit and talk with God, talk to God, but talk with God. We allow time for God to speak to us. Just as we expect God will listen when we speak, God expects us to listen when he speaks. So take time. We have to give him time to share what he wants for us. We can also use these things in the church. When we pray in the church, we can take time to be quiet and listen here as well, or in small groups or whatever. And we can also take the time to share what God has given to us, what he has told us. We can celebrate what God has done and said. We can share our questions. We can share our concerns together and pray for all these things. God is just as present with us when we pray here as when we pray in quiet at home. God wants to be part of our lives. He sent us Jesus Christ, his only son, to show us the way back to him. To show us how to have a relationship with our Father in heaven. 
And one of the ways Jesus teaches us to be closer to God is to use prayer. Prayer is important in knowing God's plan for our lives and in our church. Prayers, think of prayers like sitting with God over a cup of tea, taking turns, sharing our concerns, and listening to each other, sharing our joys, and just inviting God to be part of all of this and to help us through it all. So prayer is the first pillar we're looking at today. As we see what it takes to build a strong church built on a solid foundation, a community of faithful people who are trusting in God and willing to do what he asks of us. So thanks be to God for filling our lives with love and hope, and may we trust him more as we build upon this strong foundation the strong foundation he laid for us in Jesus Christ as we seek to grow in prayer. One of those fillers, pillars of our faith, keeping us upright and strong in all our lives. Amen. Let us sing together, Precious Lord, Take My Hand. Just a few announcements that we will discuss today. We've got a few things coming up. Uh, first of all, thanks to everyone who helped out with the open house on Friday. 
we didn't exactly have a big crowd show up. We didn't expect a big crowd, but the people who did come certainly stayed and lingered and uh, checked out all the display stuff that's out in the hall, and I encourage you to take some time to do that. We'll leave it up right through the anniversary. You know, some history of the church. On the 27th, we were having our apple crisp sale, and Grace tells me this morning there are a couple of tickets left, not very many. So uh, if you want to, tickets for the apple crisps, I talked to Grace. Some people have had some, uh, saying they're having some trouble getting up and down the stairs, so now our ramp door is open every Sunday morning, so people, for your convenience, for anyone who would prefer to use the ramp, please do. Church Council will meet Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock, and the Worship Committee will not meet this week. It'll be just the Church Council at 7 o'clock. Uh, thanks to Emma for stepping in for us today. Paula Jane, is, I'm guessing, is part of her birthday present or something. She's off on a little tour. Her, all of her friends were going. All of her friends were going. Why don't you come too? So all right, she did, so, so wonderful. So that's but good. Yes, so. a birthday, oh, it's, it's, it's a birthday thing. We'll call it a birthday thing. Oh. Her, because her birthday was the other day. Yep. Any other announcements to share today? Um, just for the Apple Crisp, next Sunday, um, basically, you know, we're going to be peeling um, apple on the 27th morning up. So just in case there are um, people here that um, are available to come to peel apples, we will have Two hundred and some pounds of apples that need to be peeled. So Friday morning. Yeah. On the twenty seventh. Our church women are meeting after church today, just to uh, meet in the kitchen, and I think there's, there's always food, but uh, <laughs> so have a bite to eat and do your little meeting thing, so yes. There's oat cakes, yes, oat cakes and cheese left over from Friday. <laughs> yeah. Any other announcements to share? As we continue to be a church that seeks to follow in the ways of Jesus and to serve the community in which we live, we give with our whole hearts. We give of our skills and abilities, but we also, of course, have bills to pay. So our offering will now be received.
Let us pray. Lord, you have blessed us abundantly with your love. In our appreciation of the gifts you give, we respond by offering all we have in the name of our risen Savior. Amen. Please be seated. Let us now join our hearts together in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this time together as we just share in this, the bedrock of our faith as we worship you through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you for the life he lived and for showing us how to live and how to come back to you. We thank you for his sacrifice so that we may go on to live with you for all eternity. Lord, we thank you for each other, this family of faith that we have here in this church. We thank you, God, for sharing with and through each other the gifts that you bring. And you have gifted and blessed us in many ways. And Lord, we also come carrying the burdens of our hearts. Lord, we see the struggles that the people in the Ukraine and Israel and Palestine and Gaza are all bearing these days. And Lord, these, these wars, these conflicts are far more complicated than we could ever understand. That it's not about fate or religion, Lord, it is about politics and control and power. And so, Lord, we pray for these things. We pray for these situations that we would see a peaceful resolution so very soon. And we pray for the thousands and, well, millions of innocent people that stand in the way of the bombs. The families, the children, the sick and the weak. Lord, we lift them to you today. We pray, O oh God, that calmer heads would prevail and that they would, there would be peace in the land. And Lord, we pray for our community. We pray for the streets and roads that are around us, the homes and the people within them. Lord, you know the struggles that people face here on the north side. You know far better than we do how many go hungry each and every night. How many are waking up cold this morning. And so, Lord, we pray for each and every household here on the north side. 
We pray for a break in the generational pain that has been carried through addictions, through alcoholism, through abuse and violence. Lord, we pray that you would break these chains on these people and set them free. That you would bring healing to their lives, to their families, to their homes. And Lord, may we be so bold to ask that simple question. Lord, what would you have us do today? Lord, we ask you to speak to our hearts. To fill us with your love. And to give us the spirit of obedience and desire to do what you would have us do. So Lord, what would you have us do this day? Lord, we each have our own little list of people that we are concerned about, people that we pray for. And so, Lord, whether in the silence of our hearts or out loud, we share those names, those times, those places with you now. Lord, as we pray, we remember the words of Jesus when he said that you know the needs of all before we even ask. And so, Lord, we pray that you meet these needs, that you bring healing and hope and comfort and peace to all we have prayed for. May they know the abundant blessing of your love in their lives. 
And may we be part of the sharing of that love. Lord, help us to deepen our times of prayer with you. May we hear your voice clearly. And may we be willing to share in the, in, in the words that you have given to us. Let us be your people. Let us hear your voice. Lord, we pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the one who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our closing hymn today is What a Friend We Have in Jesus.
My friends, let us take to the Lord in prayer. Let us seek God in every part of our lives so that we may be followers of his way. Let us go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God in each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen.